It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories, too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host. Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on News Talk 1400. You can also hear our show online at Newstalk1400.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our News Talk 1400 studios just outside the city limits of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, on this Monday, August 8th, 2022. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. Coming up on tonight's show, around 6.15, we'll be joined by co-host David McKeg Jr., host of the game sports show in Sioux, Ontario, as we will discuss all the things going on in the North. At 6.30, special guest, uh, the voice of Sioux High Blue Devils Athletics, Dave Watson will join us, and Dave will stick around for the roundtable with our co-host Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports. Joining us at the top of the batting order, so to speak, general manager and owner of the Sioux Eagles of the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, Bruno Braganolo, joining us once again on the game. Bruno, as always, uh, great to talk to you and talk Sioux Eagles hockey. How you doing, sir? Hi, Scott. Uh, thanks for having me on board. Yeah, everything's going good, getting ready to go here for the season, so keep him busy. Yep, the world of junior hockey, always a busy place, Bruno. And uh, over this past weekend, uh, the Sioux Eagles held their tryout camp at the Big Bear Arena. Just to give our listeners an idea on how the camp went, I know you had uh, quite a few players there. And just, uh, you know, your early look at picking the team, uh, what were some of the things that you saw out there? Yeah, we had about uh, 50 boys that we invited that we've been scouting throughout the spring and summer. And, uh, yeah, we were pretty impressed. We had a lot of, uh, a lot of tough decisions to make, especially with, uh, goaltending and a couple of the D. So, uh, it was, yeah, I thought it was one of the best camps we've had here in a, in quite a while. So. Bruno, I don't know if you can announce uh, the team as of yet, but as far as returning players from last year, uh, who will be suiting up uh, that you can tell us at least on, on this year's Sioux Eagles team that has been there in the past? Yeah, we have uh, Kobe Fox, the defenseman, and D. Ryan Fittis is uh, going to be joining us again. I believe uh, Jack Morton is going to be joining us again. Uh, Isaiah Gagerman, who uh, he had to leave last year for some uh, uh, things back home he had to take care of, but he's back. Um, we have uh, Caleb Horn, Logan Raphael are back. Two of our goaltenders, and uh, I think we're going to be in pretty good, pretty good shape here. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about the group that we have here. Yeah, and coming off of last season, Bruno, uh, certainly just getting the season uh, going uh, was a challenge, and being able to play all your games, you know, going into this season, it appears you know that is in the past. Thankfully, uh, barring any uh, other things that we don't know of, uh, just from from a general manager, general manager and owner's perspective, you know, this time last year compared to this year, it's certainly a little bit brighter for the Sioux Eagles. 
Yeah, knock on wood, it does appear to be right. that way. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we don't have to, you know, go through any of the uh, issues that we had last year with the tests and in the borders and not be able to play at home for a while. So, you know, if everything stays the way it is right now, it should be uh, – pretty good a lot easier to uh, navigate than it was last year that's for sure yeah definitely indeed bruno braganola joining us on the game owner and general manager of the sioux eagles of the northern ontario junior hockey league so bruno the season will begin for the sioux eagles in early september you'll be on the road for a pair of games uh, september 9th at the sioux thunderbirds september 10th at the blind river beavers and the home opener and our first broadcast here on news talk 1400 will be on september 16th at home against the elliott Lake Red Wings, uh, you know, looking at the schedule and the teams, you know, pretty much uh, the usual cast of characters are there. Uh, there has been a name change. Uh, Espinola is now the Paper Kings. But other than that, pretty much uh, the same uh, teams and uh, a little bit different setup for the Sioux Eagles, obviously, being able to play early games at home and having a lot of weekend games. Are, are you happy with how the schedule laid out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, last year we had to play several free game trips in a row. I think this year we may only have one, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Two, maybe one or two probably, which is pretty much normal every year. So that worked out good. And we uh, start training camp August 21st, they report. Okay. Then we uh, do two days for a week. We'll be at the Big Bear for two days, two sessions a day for a week. Then uh, we'll go back to normal schedule. And then we go to uh, Thunder Bay for uh, – uh, it's the first time they've, they're doing, it's called the Teleco Cup. Right. It'll be like a series between us and, uh, Cam River and Thunder Bay there. So it'll be at their exhibition, help us get ready for the season. They come back and then, like you said, we start away that first week in a second week of September. And then we're home the following week and then we're off and running. So yeah, we're excited about it. And, uh, once we start, we start pretty good. We'll be going pretty good. So. A lot to look forward to. Thunder Bay, I believe, Bruno, the home of uh, your head coach, Doug LaProd, who we wanted to get on as well as you tonight, but Doug's celebrating his 30th anniversary, so happy anniversary to him and Pam. Uh, obviously, Coach LaProd back. Uh, Bruno, uh, any other changes as far as coaching staff this year? So, Federoff is back also with us again, and uh, Doug, so... Uh... You know, we added a uh, new trainer, Andy Spiral from the Coast Guard. He'll be our, our uh, medical trainer, which will be good. And then, you know, Rob Horn, Dave, Joe, uh, Billy, you know, uh, Gene and Paul, the whole cast are back pretty much, which is great because they do a phenomenal job, you know. And also, uh, you know, John Bospis, he's been recovering from some uh, health issues, but he's doing, seems to be coming out strong and, you know, shout out to him because can't say enough about what he's done and how he's helped our organization. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to another year. And you know, we got a full staff on board and, uh, it should be good. And Bruno, I was going to ask, uh, brings you to my next question as far as, you know, the Eagles have been around for a while now, uh, over 10 years in Sault Ste. Marie, and certainly, you know, having a good ownership group and uh, having uh, volunteers. And you mentioned a lot of those names, including John Bospis, Rob Horn, and others. You know, they've been around for a while. And, you know, from an owner's perspective, you need that in a small town in junior hockey. And the Sioux Eagles certainly have been blessed with some very uh, good and uh, lively volunteers 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, without them, we couldn't have done it. Ever since I got here, I was, yeah, I've been lucky to have some people to help help uh, help me get going when, when I got here and help me keep going. You know, there's another person too, Kathy Tibbet. She's been in the, yep. I mean, I could probably go on and on, name about 30 people. And, uh, but, and the fans and the sponsors, I mean, they've all been really, really good for us. And believe me, we appreciate that very much, especially after these, uh, last two years, which have been, uh, pretty difficult to, uh, get through, but we have. And, uh, it's been with the help of our volunteers, fans, and sponsors that we've been able to do that. So. Looking at this league, Bruno, since you got involved over 10 years ago, uh, what have been uh, the major changes to you as far as just uh, the league as a whole, maybe level of play, style of play? Is this a league that uh, the NOJHL that is improving and uh, seems to be getting better? Oh, there's, yeah, there's absolutely no doubt about that. You know, the only thing I don't like is all the paperwork that's involved now. <laughs> yes. Courses and classes and everything that every players and coaches have to take. It's a little bit, a little bit overwhelming, but you know, we'll navigate through that too. But as far as the league, the level of play, the style of play, when I first, we won it the first year I came here, I believe that was 10, 11. Yep. Was it? Yeah. 2010, 11. Um, it was, I'm not, you know, I guess I'll be honest. It was, it was a little bit on the slap shot, slap shot hockey side of uh, play. Yep. It was really pretty rough and tumble. And I mean, the fans enjoyed it. The players enjoyed it, but it was, it was pretty, it was pretty tough hockey back then. I wouldn't say goony, but it was, you know, it was still talented. It was good, good skating league and stuff. But over the last, I'd say, especially the last six years, I've noticed a big difference. The league has probably gotten a little bit younger, a little more skilled, a little faster. You know, the major junior teams, the OHL, they send, they send a lot of their players here to develop in our league. They wouldn't do that if they didn't think it was a good league to develop their, you know, their talent and stuff. So yeah, the coaching's always been really good. The league is filled with a lot of good, a lot of really good, good coaches. And, uh, you know, the players, the players, like I said, overall, the players, the speed is picked up, the skill is picked up. And, uh, you know, there's some really good owners too. So. Yeah, it's really developing, you know, it's definitely improving year by year. Bruno Braganolo joining us on the game, uh, owner and general manager of the Sioux Eagles. And Bruno, final question. If you go on the Sioux Eagles website, you can find uh, a list of uh, college commitments uh, from over the years. And that's something the Sioux Eagles, yourself, and, and the entire coaching staff and ownership group have done well, you know, getting players to the next level. And you certainly, as an owner, a general manager, something you have to be very proud of. Maybe the thing you're the most proud of is just how you've helped promote a lot of these kids to keep playing uh at college and other levels. But it's been the ownership group's philosophy since day one. I mean, we're definitely not there to make money. We're lucky to break. We try to break even, obviously. Right. But our goal has always been, and that's been Ron Levin, our main ownership, who started the, yep. who was the main owner. Start, you know, the philosophy has always been, you know, we're giving these boys an opportunity to develop to, to get to college. And, you know, between me, Doug, and some of our other staff, we know quite a few coaches throughout the college world, college hockey world. And yeah, we've been able to do a real good job to promote the players and get them up to the next level. I believe in the, I think this is really the 12th year I'm going to be here or 14th, 12th year, right? 22, 10. Yeah. About 12th year. But I believe we're, we're all back. We're almost at about 150 players yeah. right now 
who have gone on to play college hockey from our program. So it's been, uh, yeah, we've been, you know, that's like you said, that's what we're most proud of. We've always had winning seasons too, but getting the boys to school is our main goal and main objective. And we've done, I feel, I feel good about the job that we've done there. And we always got to try to do better though, you know. Sioux Eagles will start their regular season a month from tomorrow, September 9th, at the Sioux Thunderbirds in our first broadcast of Sioux Eagles Hockey here on News Talk 1400 as we will have all the home games once again on the radio, September 16th against Elliott Lake at Polar Stadium. Bruno, appreciate you taking time out for joining us on the game. Certainly looking forward to another fun year of junior hockey at the Polar, and uh, we will talk to you uh, down the road here on the game. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me, Scott, and again, I'm looking forward to you know, work with you again this year. I appreciate your help also. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Bruno. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll be joined by David McKegg Jr. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Mason with you and joining us now and every Monday night, co-host of The Game here on News Talk 1400 and host of The Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Ladies and gentlemen, David McKay Jr. joining us once again on The Game. Tiger, how you doing on this Monday night, my friend? Scotty, I'm doing well, my friend. How are you on this fine Monday night? I'm doing great, Dave, and uh, let's get right to it as uh, there was some news announced here earlier today that Jordan Smith has joined the American Hockey League as an assistant coach for the Springfield Thunderbirds. Jordan Smith, uh, certainly no stranger to any hockey fans in Sault Ste. Marie and any sports fans of the Game Sports Show. Uh, Dave, wanted your thoughts on Jordan Smith getting a, a pretty nice gig. Oh, you know what? When I saw that release from uh, good, reliable Jerry Linscombe as uh, the voice of the Hounds, you know, the, the Springfield Thunderbirds are the affiliate of the St. Louis Blues, and they announced today that Jordan Smith will be joining um, their coaching staff as the assistant coach for the upcoming 22-23 season. And, you know, he just completed his fourth year with the Hounds. And honestly, when I look back and even think back, wow, time is just flying by. It just seems like just recently that we had him uh, on our show, uh, the special edition uploads that we have on the Game Sports Show, as he's one of our most streamed guests, fun fact. Uh, so everyone in the Sioux and a lot of hockey fans in the surrounding areas and uh, nationally that observe our show definitely know the name of Jordan Smith. And, you know, Jordan worked primarily with the defensemen. And in the article that was sent by Jerry Linscombe, he brought that up. And that made me laugh a little bit because not in a bad way by any means, in a good way, because Jordan Smith defensively is an absolute truck. You know, he plays played, I guess you should say now, uh, men's league uh, for the Mayor's Open League here in town in Sault Ste. Marie. And when he plays defense, it's like he's still playing in the National Hockey League. As everyone knows, he was in the Ducks system before he uh, had the unfortunate injury to his eye. And I've done some research on how he is as a coach, and he knows the defensive game through and through. And I think it's very well-deserved for Jordan, as well as, Let's be honest, if he didn't have that injury that he had occurred to him, which was such a tragedy into his career, but uh, again, you know, it still led to something else in his career. So I guess it's still, uh, there's a little bit of light to that situation, uh, but he would have been a National Hockey League player if that injury didn't happen. And I don't, I don't know if that makes him feel any better if he hears that or not from a friend as in yours truly, but you know, he, when I play against him in men's league hockey, it's still like he's playing professional hockey. He has that serious competitive nature to him, which is going to make him such a great and effective coach uh, in the American Hockey League. And 
to be in the OHL where he actually started uh, in Sudbury. He held an assistant coach position, I believe it was in 17 and 18, before he went over uh, to join the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And he actually began coaching in the SIJHL in Thunder Bay in 2012 uh, and 13. I know that because of some sources in Thunder Bay, and I won't get into how I have sources in Thunder Bay in my playing days. Uh, but he also went to the Sioux Thunderbirds. You know, like he started going from, you know, after playing and having the, the issue that he did with getting into coaching out of town, in town. And then he uh, actually led the Thunderbirds uh, to a 2015 Dunley Hewitt Cup. Right. And it just grew from there, his coaching career. And you got that experience. You put your nose to the, to the grindstone and you work hard. And Jordan has done that as not only a player, but as a coach. And he played for the Greyhounds in 2001, 02, and then 04, 05. And I was 11 years old. No, sorry, 11 years old, I guess, at the time. And, uh, and even 13, 14 at the time. So I remember watching Jordan Smith being like, that guy's an absolute unit uh, on the blue line for the Hounds. So as a player, he was effective. As a coach, he was effective and grew and worked his way up the ranks. And he's done such a tremendous job with it. And with the Hounds, he does, he's done great with that defensive core of these two St. Marie Greyhounds. And you know what? I feel like each year he's had a different tier of defense talent, uh, Jordan Smith with the Greyhounds, and he's been able to adjust to what he has and be able to get the best out of his players. And what I hear is that he is a player's coach, but he, when it's time to get down to business and it's time to get get to work, he is a full in full force of that. And that's the good differentiation between between being a coach is there's a time where, you know what, you can have a simple conversation with your players. But when it's practice, when it's travel time, when it's game tape time, when it's that time to be serious, Jordan has that separation. And, you know, I get to see the fun side of him a little bit extra, maybe obviously from knowing him a bit off the ice. Uh, and he's a big fan of the game sports show. He likes all of our posts. He follows it. He compliments it. And He's been a guest, and I think we're going to have to get him as a guest before he uh, heads over uh, to, to coach in Springfield for a part two. Uh, but, you know, with his career, he ended up playing university throughout, and I always go back to his playing career to where he ended because he kept doing what he loved. And even though he was stopped doing what he loved as a player, he got into it as a coach, and it worked out to now to where he's going to the American Hockey League, and that's not no easy feat. To get recognized and grow the leagues that he has, it's obvious the talent that, and the abilities that he can bring as a coach to that staff. And I would be very surprised if he's not being a head coach in the American Hockey League uh, within the next couple seasons. And who knows? The sky's the limit after that, right? Uh, and I feel like Jordan Smith is going to be a great fit in the, the coaching gig in the professional level. But Springfield's got a, a good coach, but an overall good dude there. I was going to say that, Dave, a good coach, but a good guy. Dave, let's move on to the Major League Baseball races and the standings. The Toronto Blue Jays currently 60-48, and 48, nine and a half games behind the slumping New York Yankees, who have lost five straight. The Jays still in the wild card picture, a couple-game lead over Tampa and many others. The Jays will start a big series against another hard-charging team, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Dave? Your thoughts on the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, you know, not tearing it up, but uh, certainly winning more than they're losing and in good position right now in the wild card race. You know, the Jays this year have been up and down about it. It's it's definitely the inconsistencies have been a problem, right? You have even from the first game of the season against Texas, 
they had the the lead, uh, or sorry, the they were down in the game pretty heavily, and they come back and just battle back and win the game. I believe it was ten seven, top of my head. And you know that's where I figured, okay, this type of year is going to be just an offensive driven year. Pitching may or may not be existent, and the problem is going to be the bullpen. Now, fast forwarding to today, the bullpen has its inconsistencies. The the batting has been inconsistent for the Toronto Blue Jays, and the pitching has been inconsistent. But somebody who has been pretty consistent this year has been Kevin Gosman. He's been great. Alec Manoa is a stud. Uh, they got a, we got very blessed to have Alec Manoa on our squad. Barrios, you know, too bad he's not having the season that he should be having because then that would be three pitchers where you can almost guarantee a win when you go into your, to your matchups, which is almost 66% uh, of your games. If you think about it, if you have a pitcher, uh, three out of your five pitchers that are for sure wins. Uh, Ryu can't stay healthy. Uh, Kikuchi was a gamble from the start. I wasn't a fan from the start, and I believe, and people may call me uh, insane for it, but I think Kikuchi would be a better long reliever arm uh, for the remainder of this year, even when he's healthy. And then you can throw uh, White and Stripling into the rotation. Uh, I think that would be the best direction for the squad overall. Uh, when it comes into the playoffs, you know, you're playing your top three, four guys anyways, and having uh, you need to rely on your bullpen and to have some strength in the bullpen. Maybe Kikuchi would be a bit more of a benefit uh, in the bullpen as a long reliever to try to get that game back because you're not getting rid of him this year. He's there to stay. So the Blue Jays being the spot where they are, the reason why I bring up pitching is because that is a concern. You have Meza who had an injury over the weekend. Uh, there's uh, Springer who cannot live and play a a full season without having to miss a couple weeks at least or a month in a season. So, uh, honestly, the Blue Jays have the offense to get the job done to win a World Series, 100%. But when you line them up against the Yankees or the Dodgers, are they truly better than them? I can't confidently say that they are. The Yankees, yeah, I'm not surprised they're slumping, slumping. I think the Jays could beat the Yankees. I think a very difficult challenger would be more so the Dodgers and or the Padres now, obviously. Uh, so I think the Toronto Blue Jays, they're in a spot where I think they're a little bit behind where people expected. I think they maybe should have had maybe 15 or 20 games above 500 at this point, opposed to 12 or a bit under. Or I think it's 12, 16, 48, basic math. Uh, so I, the Blue Jays, you know, they're in a, they're in a playoff spot, and all you need in baseball is just to get into the into the postseason, and anything can happen in October. And the Blue Jays have an offense, and they have a staff that can get hot. I just hope the bullpen can hold it up because Scotty, I really don't think the bullpen uh, was addressed enough at the deadline. But they did win two two out of two, or sorry, two out of four over the Twins this weekend. Very grueling series and a very controversial win yesterday in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, but but going to Baltimore, that's not an easy win anymore at Camden Yards. You know the Baltimore Orioles are uh, they're a feisty team. They remind me a lot like an Ottawa Senators type team. And the reason why I say that and compare it to hockey is because well everyone knows I love chatting hockey. But they're that team that's rebuilding, retooling, but they're so difficult to defeat. And the Blue Jays either have an all-star game against them and win by a big margin, or they lose. <laughs> there, there, there really isn't really been any margin of difference throughout the last couple of years if you look at their scores. So I think going into Camden Yards, they have to take the Baltimore Orioles seriously, and it's a very big series in their division. And to pull away, they need to be winning 75% of their games in their next handful-plus series. Uh, to really try to solidify that spot in the wild card. And then I think uh, the Blue Jays can try to steal that home field advantage for the wild card game. I, I think they will catch up to the Yankees. I don't think they'll beat the Yankees, 
But I think you'll see the Jays come in with five, within five games or so of the Yankees before the end of the season. Bold prediction by yours truly. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, we're a little short of time tonight due to uh, having many guests. Uh, what's ahead for you and what has uh, been going on with the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario? I know over the past week, a couple uploads. Uh, tell us about that and what's ahead. You know, we've had a lot of uh, good recent uploads. You know, the special edition upload with James Levinson was great. He played for the Sioux Greyhounds, and James did a very nice share on a social media platform, and uh, the traffic to the show has been terrific, so I appreciate that on James's behalf. And it's, it was definitely entertaining. It was recorded by you you and myself, Scott. Yes, uh, yes. Actually, last summer, there's a little bit of a delay with some of our summer uploads last year just because of some video editing, but you're going to see a lot of these older ones, not older ones, I should say, but uh, about eight months ago we did some previous recordings and James was one of them and Justin Pogge was the other one and they're all great additions you can check it out on the TGM uh, network uh, platform YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts we had a recent strike zone edition myself and Connor always have a good time Connor's absolutely amazing when it comes to talking baseball but coming up uh, we do have a planned top shelf edition to kind of conclude this season's top shelf edition before we take a break uh, before we get into next season with top shelf uh, that is to be determined. There will be a special edition upload coming up. The next one, and I will spoil it here because sometimes I don't, number 55 will be with Rory Fitzpatrick. Nice. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm playing with the Buffalo Sabres. That will be uploaded within the next 10 to 14 days, and that will be shared on all social media platforms. So you got a special edition upload coming up. you got another top shelf edition, and then you'll have a strike zone edition uh, coming up as well. Uh, we're aiming for that. Uh, to be within the next 10 to 14 days as well. So lots of good content coming up from Sioux, Ontario. Make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the platforms. You don't miss anything because, Scott, we got great content, and we got everything local, regional, national, and just interviews, news. Like, we give the listeners what they want to hear. And that is uh, very much true. And, Dave, as always, we appreciate you being part of the team and part of our show here on News Talk 1400. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Sounds great, Scotty, and everyone take care. Have a good rest of your week. That is David McKay Jr. joining us, as always, on Monday night. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll be joined by the voice of the Suhai Blue Devils, Dave Watson, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. You can catch podcasts of The Game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 632 on the game, News Talk 1400, Scott Nason with you, and we are now joined, and for the rest of the show, by the voice of Suhai Blue Devil Athletics, Dave Watson, joining us once again on the game. Prof, as always, thanks for coming in and adding your insight and intellect. Welcome back to the game, sir. Well, I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not mine. I think it nonetheless. Always a pleasure anytime, uh you want me on if I'm available, I always try to make it. Always a fun time to come on to talk to you about local sports and the 
the whole sports uh, realm, if you will, with uh, Butch, which we'll do a little bit later. Yes, we will indeed. And uh, Dave, uh, your season is getting uh, underway a little bit earlier over on 1230 WSO as today, the first day of practices, uh, 95,000 athletes statewide began practice today for the fall 2022 season across nine sports uh, for which the Michigan High School Athletic Association sponsors postseason tournaments. And of course, one of the biggest ones is high school football and coming up on Saturday, a big uh, football kickoff, the season kickoff for the Sioux High Blue Devil football team. Tell us about it. It's uh, the kickoff breakfast uh, that uh, Sioux High football that uh, the parents are orchestrating in particular at Applebee's. And they'll have a nice breakfast, 8 to 10 a.m. at Applebee's. The players will be the servers there. And uh, that is uh, going to be on Saturday at Applebee's. And Allison Campbell is uh, uh, spearheading this. Back in the all the proceeds, or the majority of the proceeds for this event, go to uh, the uh, player uh, pregame meals they do the day before the game. It's become a tradition for several years, you know, typically on Thursday nights, uh, though they're starting the season on Thursday. So they, it, the first two will be Wednesdays, but they, the uh, players' parents put together a, a pregame meal and uh, get all the groceries and cook it. And, uh, it's, uh, of course, a variety of different meals. Uh, the Davies uh, really uh, t- took this to another level, uh, Molly and uh, Brian, uh, years ago, and uh, th- this has uh, continued to grow and grow, and Allison's taking the realm, or taking the helm now uh, with this. Of course, uh, Callan's uh, mom and uh, Gordy Campbell, the defensive coordinator's wife, and uh, we'll be there as well, 8 a.m. to uh, 10 a.m. on uh, Radio Sioux. We'll go as long as we can on uh, 1230 WSO, as long as we'll have uh, people to to interview. We'll have, of course, uh, head coach Scott Menard uh, on hand, Allison herself, to talk about this event, what it means, and uh, we'll have several players we hope to have on uh, on uh, the air. Uh, I hope to get uh, Herb Maloney, JV coach, oh, on. Oh, boy. He could take up the whole two hours. He could hours. take up the whole two hours. He could take up the – and uh, in between his uh, fourth and fifth plate of pancakes, uh, <laughs> as new athletic director Pat Bennett, yes, perhaps, yes. as well, and uh, you know whoever else that uh, wants to come on that we can ca- that we can be able to get uh, Mike's side. That would be uh, great on uh, Saturday, and uh, I'll be on hand for that. And 8.05 a.m. right after the news, we'll get it on, and that's uh, coming up on saturday and i don't know if you have the uh particulars over there the prices uh i should have been prepared scotty ah, it's, it's uh, still august we yeah. still we still have live, time yet. yes live radio but uh coming up this is on saturday the pancake breakfast adults eight dollars kids uh, 12 and under five dollars of course pancakes sausage links coffee water provided the players as i mentioned will be your servers white and chocolate milk orange juice available wow. we'll have a silent auction and a uh, 50-50 raffle. We will be located uh, at our coach's corner position on uh, Saturday because they also have the silent auction in the sports bar part, and that's where, of course, we do coach's corner. Coach's corner will return on August 27th, uh, by the way, at Applebee's again this yep. year, but we'll lead things off with uh, the kickoff breakfast on Saturday and looking forward to that. Sioux High, 6-3 last season. Obviously, when you win six games, you want to get in the postseason. It didn't happen last year. And, Dave, obviously, they lose uh, several players, including uh, quarterback Jake Davey. But from what you know, as far as the returning players and some of the things that you've seen, 
The schedule's a little tougher this year. What's your thoughts on the Blue Devils heading into this year's football season? There are some question marks, and it starts at quarterback, and we haven't had to have that question mark in a while at the QB position. Jake Davey, probably the four-year starter for Sioux High, probably started more games than any other Blue Devil quarterback, I would have to think, considering you throw in playoff games in there from year one all the way to year four. That has not been an issue. And uh, coming in, uh, there is uh, a question I know coming into camp who will be the uh, quarterback. They've been splitting snaps, I know, in seven on sevens and uh, heading into today between Callan Campbell and uh, Caden Lujan. Oh, wow. And uh, that's, uh, you know, and when uh, you have a situation where perhaps you don't have, you know, uh, the guy there to take in. Well, what do you do? And they've done this before. We've seen other teams do this, Scotty. You go to your best athletes. Yep. And, and the, the, usually the transition is a, a little more seamless. But we'll see what happens there. That's what I've been hearing. Of course, uh, they have some good veterans coming back. John Burke, who uh, verbally committed to Central Michigan. Yeah. He's heading to Mount Pleasant next year. That's a big signing, especially how early they right. uh, the Chippewas yeah. sealed him up. That's that's a pretty impressive. And they're going to be pretty good in the interior. Adam Horrigan is a, a quality lineman on both sides of the ball. Callan Campbell, uh, of course, a great athlete, whether he's at quarterback or you can get him in the field. And, of course, uh, tremendous uh, defensively. And then you have, uh, and probably why they couldn't look at Callan perhaps at quarterback is because you have Joey Gravel at the tight end position. So, you know, you're not losing completely there. So I think they have some kids coming back uh, that, that can be competitive, and I think they will be competitive. And like you said, the schedule's getting tougher with this new playoff system. It has to get tougher. They start off with a really good uh, program in Escanaba. They'll see Petoskey in week eight. Those are the two chains, two of the changes, Superior Heights of Sioux, Ontario. They come here on a Saturday game that you'll call yep. for us. I'll be out of town. Um, probably the last year they're going to be in the Northern Michigan Football Conference. They have to do it. It's a great conference, but with the new system, I mean, you're the you're the biggest school in that conference when that conference goes D5 lower, and you just can't do it. I mean, they're playing one Division three school this year in Petoskey. Their division three now, Sioux High is with the population enrollment changes and with the population of the school up now to 884. They're a class A school in the other sports, division one, if you want to look at, and division three in football. And then you look at the fact that they're only one D3 opponent and one D4 opponent, then it's all five, six, and seven. You can't have that in the way this system is. And they know that, and that will be changing after this year. Blue Devils will definitely want to get off to a good start, Dave. Uh, you look at their schedule, uh, weeks uh, five, six, and seven at Kingsley, at Traverse City, St. Francis, and home against Petoskey. So you look at those first five games, Escanaba, Grilling, Sheboygan, and Superior Heights at home, Ogama Heights on the road. Blue Devils probably want to run the table, obviously, but you know they can't afford too many early losses because that is a tough uh, end-of-the-season schedule for, for Sioux High. You want to jump all quickly. Uh, they have a potential with Escanaba as far as with uh, recent history. Escanaba struggled last year, but they turn it around. And they're always tough. And it don't matter if, uh, you know, they only have one or two wins. They're like Marquette. They're just always a battle. And they will turn that program around. And you get them in week one, if you can sneak a, a win out of uh, the banana belt, that would be great because then you set it up, at, to your point, in a good position. You get Grayling at home, Sheboygan, and then uh, you go from there with Ogama Heights on the road and then Superior Heights. You can put yourself in a really good position 
if you start off good, because as you said, you got the gauntlet to end the year. Dave Watson joining us on the game, voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils. He'll continue to join us when we are joined by Butch Davis coming up here in about five or six minutes for our roundtable. Dave, a couple rule changes this year. Uh, the one probably most likely to be noticed by spectators in football is intentional grounding. This has now been adjusted to allow for a passer to throw an incomplete forward pass to conserve yardage. In essence, to throw the ball away to avoid being tackled for a loss, even when a receiver isn't present near the pass's destination. If the passer is outside the free blocking zone or pocket, and as long as the patch, pass rather reaches the line of scrimmage or extension of the neutral zone beyond the sideline, this change uh, pretty much mirrors what they have been doing at uh, collegiate and professional levels and was made to conserve the amount of contact by defensive players with passers. Seems like a no-brainer there to me. Yeah, it, it, that sounds like a, a good move. And a lot of times, you know, the high school level does uh, – you know, do the carbon copy thing of what the collegiate and the pros do, and that's in every sport. And then that that one makes a lot of sense, safety wise, uh, time wise, and everything else. Uh, you know, I have no problem with that rule change. Another one uh, with safety in mind, as the chop block, which is still illegal, was redefined to include any combination block by multiple teammates against the same opponent, where one of the blocks is above the waist and the other is below the waist. Previously, the knee in Instead of the waste was the determining factor on a chop block. This change also is expected to assist officials in enforcing the rule because deciding if blocks occur above and below the waist is more straightforward than using the knee to decide if an infraction occurred. Again, a minor change, but seems to me it makes sense. No, you're back to health and safety. And, uh, you know, when you talk health and safety, you know, football is a very violent sport. It's just the way it is, it, even with you making all these rules. And, the, you know, it's a lot different from 20 years ago when we were in high school. Right. Oh, he just got his bell rung. Well, <laughs> right. that ain't the case oh. anymore. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, Johnny Bell, mm. <laughs> walk it off, rub some dirt on it. Come on. But now it's a, it's a new day. And uh, you know what? I have no problem with that one as well. Sioux High Blue Devils will start their football season on the road at Escanaba. That's a Thursday night game, correct, Dave? Yeah, uh, they, 7 o'clock. Uh, pre-game show, uh, what time? 6.35, we like to go with the kickoff, kickoff show. show. Yep. That was supposed to be a Friday game. It was all along, and then about a month ago, Escanaba requested it to be moved for the usual reason, lack of officials on yes. Friday night. So they bounced it to Thursday, and usually those first two weeks, you know, more than half of the games are on Thursdays. And actually, week two for Sioux High is a Thursday here in the home opener against Grayling, like last year when they played Tawas. But we'll be on there at 6.35 with Escanaba being uh, the host. And then uh, for our home games, uh, Ryan Wolin will be our new uh, football analyst, uh, replacing the irreplaceable Pat Bennett. Yes. Pat, of course, is athletic director, uh, cannot, uh, well, my own prof rule and his own rule too. Uh, of course, uh, unfortunately, we lose him in that regard, but uh, I think it's a, a plus for Sue High with him as the athletic director. I think he'll be a, a tremendous there, but we'll have Ryan Wolin with us for hopefully uh, all or majority of our home games. Dave Watson joining us on the game. Prof, appreciate you joining us and uh, sticking around for the roundtable, which we will get to here in a few minutes as we will be joined by co-host Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400.
Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on hours and more, go to Sutra. Are you a do-it-yourself or homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893. Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best selling models. We deliver more lift better fuel efficiency and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 648 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by special guest, Dave Watson, voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils over on 1230 WSO. And now joining us, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Brand new edition of Butch on Sports from over the weekend, which you can find on Butch's website, just go to simplybutch2. That's too.potomatic.com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook or on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on, not only in the Metro Detroit sports scene, but sports around the world. Butch, how you doing on this Monday night, sir? I'm doing. I'm beating the heat. 
Beating the heat indeed, Butch, and uh, Dave and I were talking about uh, high school football in this area as the practices have begun today for over 95,000 athletes across the state of Michigan, and uh, certainly uh, things a little hotter in your neck of the woods. Here we go again, Butch, the high school football season and uh, fall sports, they're off. Good luck with that. <laughs> I say good luck with that, but... uh. In a nice little way, uh, it's back to the grind for a whole lot of things, football, volleyball, cross country, uh, you name it. Uh, fall sports are here again. Uh, remind all the kids and uh, especially the coaches that take your time to heat. You can't beat up the heat, so stay hydrated and, and do what you're supposed to do. And uh, don't be afraid to tell your coach if you don't feel right there. And, uh, you know, have at it. Now, Butch, back in your playing days when you were practicing in early August, uh, if that was something that you told your coach back then, what would your coach say? What would my coach say? Uh, not nothing to me here, you know, because I, I, I tell my mama, shoot, my mama would be up to the school, shoot. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, it, that was just the way it is there. If you're honest with your coach and whatever may be or how you feel and how you're doing, uh, especially if you're on the team already there, you know, you'll get some mileage out of that there. But when you're being dishonest, uh, playing when you're hurt or something of that nature where something is more serious, that's when things can get pretty cranky. Gentlemen, let's start with Major League Baseball and the Detroit Tigers. Butch, I'll go to you first. The Detroit Tigers' struggles continue on the field this week as they started the week losing two of three at Minnesota and came home and dropped three of four to the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, yesterday, all-star relief pitcher Jeffrey Soto was one out away from sending the game to the bottom of the ninth inning scoreless. And then things unraveled. He walked two batters with the bases loaded. The Rays would go on to score seven two-out runs and take the finale of the series 7 to nothing over the Detroit Tigers. Tigers now dead last in the AL Central with a 43-67 and record. They'll host Cleveland for three starting tomorrow night and then in the Windy City for a weekend set against the Chicago White Sox. All was not lost for the Tigers this weekend. We'll get to that in a moment, Butch. But just overall, the Tigers on the field Continue to struggle. Your thoughts? Well, nothing to think about. I think this is a washed-up season uh, because of uh, management and upper management, okay? And that's just plain and simple. They didn't plan this out right. Uh, there's a lot of things. One of the little bugs that we talked about, some of the media did, is uh, who's taking care of these kids there because of the big rash of injuries and whatnot going on with the thing, especially the pitching staff. So in that case, you know, there's a lot of things that have to be fixed there. There's a lot of reasoning on how they do things in the Detroit Tigers. Um, uh, organization that needs to change there. Uh, it, it, it's not fair for them to be the last place champ. But this is uh, right now, Alleville has seven years right now to get this team in order to uh, make it right for the fans and something enjoyable. These fans want to see winners. They don't want to see all the time they losing. And a bunch of excuses. Then when those questions are asked, they run out the back door. So right now that's where it's staying with Detroit uh, fans there. When you're winning or something special, they will show up as a personality there. Sold out place. 
you know, although 40,000 only showed up, but that's still better than what they've been seeing all year long at the Lou Whitaker. I'm glad that particular game did not go down the toilet there as they did win 9-1 to one on that particular there. But again, with other things going on, it's, it's just like business as usual. No one cares. Um, I, you can see it on the players and the effort they put out. They're not giving a dog on anymore. So some things have to be changed. And someone has to stand up and say, change is necessary. And Dave, we'll get to Lou Whitaker here in a moment, but you were down with your wife, Connie, uh, to catch Saturday and Sunday's game. Uh, just your thoughts on uh, the Tigers on the field. Uh, certainly you saw a great game on Saturday. Sunday, not so much. Well, and Sunday was uh, basically what we've been seeing uh, all along. And, uh, you know, Butch hit the nail right on the head, you know, with this team. And just the absolute, uh, you know, train wreck this upper management has been with this organization. And it's all the way up to ownership. It's like, does anybody care here? And, yeah. and you know, Butch pointed it out, you know, Al Avila has been there for seven years. And I like to point out longer than Matt Millen was there. Mm. And we remember, you know, everybody wanted Matt Millen gone. It's like, what's it going to take to get this guy on a bus ticket out of town? I mean, it's just, he has this absolutely, you know, just player development wise and trades. And, and I almost got sick to my stomach when I realized, you know, oh, the Major League Baseball draft's coming up. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Al Avila's making these draft picks. It's yeah. almost like you want to take him, put uh, headphones on him like a little kid, you know, with Looney Tunes playing. Here's a coloring book. Go in the corner and <laughs> and let, you know, competent people, if they have such a thing, and I'm sure they do within that organization, but nothing's going to change until they, you know, finally realize or they finally care that they're going to make a change. Butch hits, hits it on the head there. It was very nice on Saturday that they won. I was there. It was electric atmosphere. Uh, my favorite all-time player is Lou Whitaker, and I wanted to see I wanted to see Lou uh, you know, get that honor bestowed, which it was long, long overdue, and hopefully the Hall of Fame's around the corner too. That was a fun night. I remember sitting there, as Butch alluded to it, I was thinking – Please let them play well tonight. Yes. Please don't lay another egg like they did on Friday. And then, of course, on Sunday. And they did. They, You know, the night was great, and they capped off with the victory. But then again on Sunday, it was, you know, back to business as usual. And on Saturday, as you guys both mentioned, uh, no Detroit Tiger will ever wear the number one again. That's because the Tigers unveiled Lou Whitaker's number on the brick wall in left center field before their game against the Tampa Bay Rays on Saturday. Uh, Whitaker the ninth Tiger to have his number retired, joining his former teammates Alan Trammell and Jack Morris, as well as former manager Sparky Anderson on the bricks. Uh, Butch uh, certainly was a fun event to watch on television. I would imagine you were there, and Dave hit the nail on the head, and you've alluded to it in past shows, long, long overdue. I'm telling you like it is, like we did on Saturday there. If you notice, and Dave was there, Normally, when they unveil those portraits and all this other good stuff, Alavila or the uh, the the owner of the Detroit Tigers would be out there doing that. Yep. They sat in their seats like they belonged. They didn't make a speech, which I was happy about. And that number eleven that Sparky Anderson is wearing should be shared by another player, indeed. And I say that Bill Freehand. I think it's a travesty that the Tigers organization again. Not getting everything right there. Mickey Lonely belongs up there too. 
But again, you know, it does, I don't fall to say for Lou Whitaker. I was happy for him or whatever it may be. But again, it shows how backward and how behind that this uh, organization is when it comes down to hiring our better players there. And Dave, you know, you and I had the same age group growing up in Michigan. Uh, you know, Trammell to Whitaker, Trammell to Whitaker. Double play combination, 19 years, the best ever in baseball and probably something we'll never see again just to have two players play 19 years on the same team, let alone a shortstop and second baseman. Whitaker was my favorite player for the Tigers. Certainly had to be a lot of fun watching that live. Well, well, and you know, it was, I remember watching as a kid, my parents, you know, I was fortunate enough to have brought me to a few games back in the mid eighties. And I remember the first time going to seeing Lou play, it was after they won the world series in 85, I was only 10 years old and, uh, aged myself yes, there, but, too. uh, you know, nonetheless, I remember saying to my mom when, you know, Lou would come up and you'd, you'd have a packed house. And, you know, at first I'm all puzzled, you know, cause I thought they were booing us. Mom, why are they booing him? No, no, they're they're saying Lou. And from that point forward, he was my favorite player. Trammell was a, a tremendous player. And not only that, but gentlemen. Yes. Class acts. I mean, we talk about, you know, athletes and how you want to see them, you know, how the embodiment of being class acts and how they carry themselves. Those two guys represented the city of Detroit and the Tigers organization just very well. And, you know, you wish you could see everybody act the way they did. I mean, just great guys on top of it. Lou, you know, I don't think he could take that smile off his face all weekend long with a blowtorch, but I agree with what Butch said. You know, the Tigers are, are not very good, and that might be uh, being generous as far as re- respecting and show, paying homage to great players. And, you know, he mentioned Bill Freehand, Mickey Lulich. Absolutely. Got to put him in. you got to put him in. Look how long, you know, for a while, Willie Horton. I want to say that that's just within the last 10 years, if I'm recanting so, right. Yeah. That should you know, that was long overdue. So, so, you know, Butch absolutely hit the nail on the head on that. And that wouldn't have that would never happen unless uh, some compassion was for uh, Mr. Illich bringing and luring Willie Horton back to Detroit. There, if Willie Horton had would have stayed a Tiger, he would have left uh, Al Kaline's home run record by a mile. Okay, here, but again, that's the compassion of maybe Mr. Illich had for baseball. Which, by the way, he was a player as well in the professional ranks of baseball. Maybe. That's what's missing here, the the knack of maybe Mr. Illich's son, who's now running the team, have a knack on learning some history about baseball and getting into the grits and the grinds of what's going on. It's better for him to maybe start getting himself a little dirty here and and polishing up on on, on, on some history about baseball and whatever it may be besides running there as a snob that he does and he is and going around and not getting it done and speaking on this manager that he hired to basically do nothing for the fans of the city of Detroit. Butch, you're exactly right. And the other thing too, and I'm sure you and Scott talked about it, you know, and, and, and I'm sure you talked about it in your podcast and other Detroit area media certainly have brought it up. And, and that is, you know, what really struck me was, and I was, I'm not alone in this, is when the Red Rings announced uh, Derek Lalonde as the coach, and Chris is there, and he's saying, "Well, I like, I think the rebuild's going well with the Red Rings," as he's, uh, you know, introducing a new head coach. Right. So, okay, well, that that's a weird <laughs> statement. Well. It got even straight. How do you spell it? You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he knows it all. I think he's there for 
get you need and don't bother me anymore. I'm going to the casino to lose some of my money and daddy's money and mommy's money. I don't know what the deal is there, but he, he needs to be a lot more vocal than what he is about what he sees and what the fans see and what's not happening with Detroit Tigers. Again, seven years, okay? And you're making all these deals and whatnot. Which basically is not paying out the crap. I mean, Torkelson right now is in the minor league. He should have a gold glove for saving doggone Javier Spires' miscues and throwing the ball in the dirt. I mean, what's going on with this? Well, it just, he's just absolutely tone deaf. And, you know, of course, that same statement, you know, he piggybacked it with I think the Tigers' rebuild's going well. It's like, are you watching the games? They're 20 games below 500. Yeah, 23. And, and Butch is right about, you know, those free agent signings. I didn't care for them. I, I really think Javi Baez has seen his best days behind him. Eduardo Rodriguez, there's a reason why the Red Sox uh, wouldn't re-sign him. Yep. They, they didn't touch him with a 10-foot nope. pole. Now we see why. And there's, you know, there's issues going on, obviously, with him. We wish him the best as personal life. But he was like a, a thir- uh, maybe a mid-range starter, sure. a 3-4 guy. They give him all the money in the world, just like they did with Jordan Zimmerman. And they didn't learn from that. You know, we could go on and on, but it, it's it's a train wreck right now, and you just hope that the bleeding can stop at some point. Well, because during this draft, he drafts no one from the state of Michigan. What kind of clown is this dog on ball club is? We've been known for every team that we've seen a championship there. The majority of the players or the people right there, they're drafted in Detroit. They're drafted in Sault Ste. Marie. They're drafted in Kalamazoo, Lansing. They didn't pick one player from the state of Michigan? What's, what's the deal? That is a good question, and uh, we have to cut it short because we're running a little short of time here. We're going to take a quick one-minute break for the top of the hour, and we come back, we'll talk more Detroit Tigers and Major League Baseball. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Central Savings Bank, that's what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. With nine locations to serve you, they're everywhere you need them to be. Account options such as checking, savings, and retirement accounts. Apply online for personal, home, and business loans. Enjoy conveniences like online banking, CSB Loan Pay Express, instant issue debit cards, mobile wallet, and remote deposit capture. Central Savings Bank has all the convenience you need and want in today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations, see their helpful smiling faces, and get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back for Hour 2 of the game on News Talk 1400 as we continue to be joined by our special guest, the voice of the Sioux High Blue Devils, Dave Watson, and co-host of the game, Butch Davis. Uh, gentlemen, uh, one more Tigers note before we move on to some other Major League Baseball uh, activities. Uh, Miguel Cabrera... Uh, 
a little unsure uh, earlier last week of his if his health would allow him to return for another year, and uh, certainly uh, that got a lot of people's interest. Uh, Cabrera did tell reporters later last week that uh, he does plan to play for the 2023 season. But I'll go to you first, Butch. You know, obviously Miguel Cabrera is still doing very good this year. Uh, is do you want to see a player extend uh, his career where they start to deteriorate? Because really Cabrera has not done that. What are your thoughts on Miguel Cabrera, his health and moving forward? His health is deteriorating, especially when it comes down to on his knees. His knees are not very well there. Thank you. Um, but again, the competitor that he is, they cut down his load. He's not playing the infield anymore in any position, third or first. Um, and it's, it's sickening because, again, if you're winning, takes care of a whole lot of pain, okay? And when you lose, it seems like that pain just grinds in and grinds in and grinds in there until you can't take it anymore there. And the positivity is not there. But, again, I think uh, the Detroit News uh, article that did hit, I did see that particular individual <laughs> at the ball game this weekend there. And um, he kind of apologized. Uh, he kind of miscanned and broke a story that basically didn't need to be broken right. because a lot of things were not clarified in this interview or in talking to them. You know, it's a thing called maybe athletes trust in the press to a certain extent and certain things don't get out. You know, let's say, can I quote you on that? But in this case, everything has to be clarified with the ownership and whatever it may be. And he promised that basically he would do his time. And right now, they were honest and saying, you know, we're going to have to watch his step. You know, he can't go out there and hurt every dog on day and do the things he do for this team because he's the only one that's doing it right now on the consistent note. And still be laid out on the stretcher maybe four or five doggone days later for maybe the rest of the year. So they're going to watch what he does, and they're going to watch his conversation. They're going to watch certain things that happens with him in order for him to be at his best and not have to be negative. But right now, it doesn't help matters a lot when you see the the, the record that the Tigers have right now. That's not making things anymore pleasurable when it comes down to being on his team. And Dave Butch hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. You know, the, the aches and pains are always worse when you're 23 games below 500. And you think of a lot, if all the players on the Detroit Tigers had uh, the character and the effort that Miguel Cabrera does playing through injuries, this team would be a lot better. Uh, you know, obviously first ballot Hall of Famer, he more than likely will have his number retired by the Detroit Tigers. But you know what? He's pushing 40 years old and you know what? You know, bodies start to, you know, go downhill in athletics and just in general your thoughts on Miguel Cabrera well when that article when I saw that article I thought the same thing that Butch and you and everybody else probably thought is like yeah you know he's probably said it after a game and sure they, you know they had maybe two hits and this offense has been anemic and they're just struggling and and he puts everything he can into the games and like Butch said you know that knee throbbing gets even worse when you're, you know, 23 games below 500. If you're the New York Yankees right now or the Dodgers, yeah, that needs to, just a tweak, you know, but it, it really comes out and makes it worse when you're struggling. It just doesn't, and it's not going to get any better this season. And, you know, I've, 
I understand. I understand his frustration, and you know, and that whole thing. I'm glad it was clarified right away. And you know what? I want to see him ride off in the sunset like a Derek Jeter. He deserves that, and I, I want to see him come back next year as long as he's healthy and and get the applause, you know, for that last year and ride off in the sunset because uh, you know he deserves it. And like you said, number twenty four is going to be up on that brick wall here uh, very soon. Major League Baseball over this past week lost a legend on the mic as Los Angeles Dodgers announcer Vin Scully passed away on Tuesday at the age of 94. I was actually at the San Francisco Giants game against the Dodgers when that was uh, announced at the end of the game and a class act by the San Francisco fans. They all gave a standing ovation when they put that on the board. Uh, Scully, the voice of the Dodgers for more than 60 years before he retired in October 2016, announced more than 9,000 games. And the L.A. Dodgers paid tribute to Vin Scully on Friday at Dodgers Stadium. Uh, Butch, I'll go to you first. Uh, Vin Scully tops my list of baseball announcers. I'm a little partial to Ernie Harwell growing up uh, listening to Tigers baseball, but boy, Vin Scully, he did it as good as anyone, in my opinion. Your thoughts? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but you know, I, I explained on my show yesterday there. You know, as, as good as you want to say Vince Kelly, which he was marvelous uh, entertainer in television and in announcing and doing other things as well. You know, there's a whole circuit of other announcers who do it just as well. You, you, you can't sit up there and backdoor Ernie Harwell. You can't sit up there and backdoor Van Patrick. You can't sit up there and backdoor Chick Hearns, uh, Bill Shiley of the Portland Trailblazers, Bob Prince, okay, in Pittsburgh. You can't backdoor those particular individuals who, what they get. Joe Gaggiola was another one that had a lot of notoriety and how he did things and whatnot on, on television and broadcasting that made things more complete. Uh, I don't know. You, know, you I, I, I just can't commit to saying he's the best of all time or whatever it may be. I can say he's one of the best, the most nice person uh, that I have ever met in person. I, I know when I saw him for the first time, I said, Mr. Scully, and he said, please, Butch, call me Vince, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no reason to do that, but he did. And he went out of his way to let me know that, you know, uh, we're here for a profession, but we're here to support one another as well. And he was always that supportive. I met him three times in my lifetime there. And, you know, he, he always been that notable guy. But the, when I first noticed Vince Scully, I had no idea was as, as a little kid, they had a game show on called It Takes Two. Oh, wow. Okay? And Vince Scully was the host. And that's how I got to know Vince Scully. Not because of his announcer skills, because I was a little kid, about seven or eight years old, watching a game show on TV. But that's how I got to know Vince Scully. Dave, uh, Vin Scully passing away, uh, one of the best. I put him at the top of my list, just my opinion. But uh, your thoughts on Mr. Scully? He's my all-time favorite. I mean, and you know, I, everybody likes er Ernie Herwell. You know, little bias. Ernie Herwell was a tremendous. Ernie Herwell was a great radio you know, a broadcaster. You said Vin Scully. You mentioned it off the air. If Vin could uh, call a game by himself, just as good as anybody. Ernie did it well as well. But I, 
I got to, you know, really like Vin when he was on NBC and Butch alluded to it, him and Joe Garagiola together. That was a, a fantastic tandem. You know, I don't like to use the term, you know, all time, but all time greatest. He's on the Mount Rushmore with, you know, uh, all kinds of like Keith Jackson for me with college football. Oh, Nelly. And, you know, the thing I liked about Vin, everybody says baseball was, you know, which that's where he hung his hat. But, you know, and a lot of people too? don't. He was a really good football now. catch, San Francisco. The catch, he, called Clark, that, yeah. he called a really good football game. He he was a pretty good football broadcaster and, and golf. And golf as yeah, well. He golf, he was yeah. uh, so he was multifaceted, but he's certainly on the Mount Rushmore. And Butch mentioned this as well. Just a gentleman, an absolute gentleman. You don't get that all the time. Egos and different things, but uh, he he didn't forget who he was. There's no question about it. But he's certainly on the Mount Rushmore. Well, speaking of Mount Rushmore, Dave, a very good segue into a topic that I wanted to talk about. Uh, we haven't done Mount Rushmore for a while on the game, and uh, I, you, you guys went to a ballpark this past weekend. I was in San Francisco catching a couple Giants games this past week, and so the question I have for your Mount Rushmore, we'll start with Butch and we'll do our first, of the best ballparks that you've attended a ball game. This is baseball. Could be a current park, could be a park that's no longer in existence whatever so butch i'm going to go to you first you have four to choose from what's your first entrant into butch davis's mount rushmore of ballparks that he's attended uh the seattle ballpark number one uh that's on mount rushmore indeed that that ballpark is fabulous there uh everything is covered when it's cold or when it's raining a lot up in there uh, it's just a comfortable place to play. And majority of the time, the, the roof is open. It's real grass out there. But again, the convenience is when the, the weather is in climate. It's always there as well to protect the players and also the staff and also the, the people who go and pay to see. That would be one. Do you want all four? No, we'll do one at a time, Butch. I think that's a good pick. I have not been to Seattle's park, but it certainly looks good on the telly. Dave, we'll go to you next. Uh, you've been to probably a ton of more ballparks than I have. What's your first entrant into Dave Watson's Mount Rushmore of ballparks that he's attended a game? Target Field, Minnesota. I, you know, it's intimate. I, I enjoy everything about it. It's a, uh, you know, I, I like the atmosphere around it, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the, the ambiance, uh, it's a really nice cozy ballpark and they, they got it right. And uh, that's probably my favorite of the ones that I've been to and I've been to several, but uh, that's number one. I'll put Fenway Park on the list. Now, I've only been to 11 ballparks, and only five of them are currently still in existence. And Fenway Park, to me, I got to go there last year. Uh, just obviously tradition. You got the Green Monster. Uh, you know, it's not a huge capacity, and there's not really a bad seat in the house, at least where I was at. And so I would put Fenway Park on my list to start my Mount Rushmore of ballparks that I've attended. And you can use uh, the same ones, so you don't have to not use one if uh, one of the other folks here uh, used a ballpark. So, Butch, what's your second entrant into Butch Davis's Mount Rushmore of ballparks? Okay. Let's say Minute Maid Park is a nice place to go there and try and watch the game as well. Again, there's a uh, retractable stadium that basically uh, in the majority of days uh, is open. However, when it's very hot and brutally hot down there in Texas, 
the place is closed and the air condition is blowing and uh, it, it, the comfort is there the the ambiance is great and you know the excitement is there you know people do come and see it because again the climate uh nature of uh, the heat and the weather down there in texas doesn't bother everybody everybody's comfort is at mine so i would say minute may park and they have a train, I believe, in that one. They do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it works exactly. Dave, what's your second entrant into to your Mount Rushmore of ballparks that you've seen a game at? Oriole Park at Camden Yards. That's a real cool place. Uh, you know, years ago, my wife and I started because uh, we go to you know all kinds of Tiger games, and we just decided we're going to pick. One of the, you know, we always used to go to two games type of thing because, you know, of course, the travel from Sault Ste. Marie to Detroit. But we decided to go on a road trip every year to a different ballpark. And we started it in 2013 with uh, Oriole Park and uh, a pretty good one to start off with. If you've never been there, it's it's a cool place. Of course, you got, uh, you know, the big warehouse out in right field. It, it really is a neat place. That's uh, that's on my Mount Rushmore Oriole Park. I went to the old Memorial Stadium back oh, wow. in 85 where we Willie Hernandez uh, blew a save, and uh, we had a bunch of drunk fans behind us. I started crying. My dad got all involved. It was not fun. So that one is not on my list. I would have Camden Park if I was there, Dave, but I'm going to put Wrigley Field. Again, you're going to see a theme with uh, my picks, at least the first three, as far as the old traditional ballparks, and I got a chance to see a couple games in uh, Chicago uh, with my good friend Jeff, uh, who lived there at the time. Uh, He lived uh, just a few blocks from Wrigley Field, and uh, tradition, it it can't be beat. Maybe Fenway can beat it, but it's pretty close. So I got Wrigley Field on uh, my list of Mount Rushmore ballparks that I would pick and Butch will go to your pick for number three. The three here. Number three will be Milwaukee. I like that ballpark as well. Again, climate uh, induced, a great audience of people, real grass out there. Just a fun place to go. And some of the food in there is tremendous there. Uh, I was always surprised at being so friendly, but it's very friendly in there. <laughs> Miller Park is number three. I want to see you go down that slide, Butch. I love to go down that damn slide. <laughs> Two or three times. Dave, your uh, third We're pick. There. Yeah, exactly. Dave, your third pick for your Mount Rushmore of ballparks. Butch can race Bertie Brewer, uh, the Brewer there. Uh, yeah. That slide. <laughs> I like uh, it. Sit- I whooped that man's <laughs> <laughs> Tug out his mustache. Uh, Cincinnati's, uh, what is it? Is it still the, the Great American Ballpark? It was. Uh, that's a really nice park and everything around it. You got restaurants right there and uh, they really built it up nice. Uh, you know, the, I, we went there last year, uh, Labor Day weekend for when the Tigers played a, a series there and uh, the, we had a lot of fun. That's a, that's a really good ballpark, the Great American Ballpark. Good pick, Dave. Uh, my third pick, uh, no longer in existence, at least the stadium, Tiger Stadium. Got to go to a lot of games growing up there. Uh, I remember going with my dad and, and my parents, I should say, and uh, another family, and uh, they got stuck behind the pole. We luckily did not get stuck behind the pole. And uh, anytime you went to a game at Tiger Stadium, again, the tradition, the atmosphere, I remember going to a game just before it closed, uh, sat back row bleachers. They were playing the St. Louis Cardinals with Mark McGuire and watching batting practice. Uh, that certainly will have to be on 
on my list, Tiger Stadium. Butch, your final pick in your Mount Rushmore of ballparks that you've been to. You know, this Mount Rushmore thing is getting a little boring there because there's a whole heck of a lot of great places to go there. Sure. And I got a slew for them because I've been in a lot of parks. I'm going to say Tiger Stadium is would be my last one there because that's where I got exposed to a whole lot of goodies there. And not because the audience there, it was probably one of the worst places to see a game when you had the poles in the way and everything. But when that place was avid, when my first bat day that I went into Tiger Stadium or free ball day or free club day, you know, and all those kids there, you got 40,000 kids, about maybe 14,000 of the parents who brought them there or whatever it may be. And the audience was just so electric, okay? <laughs> and then one thing to say about it, it wasn't the first 10,000 uh, get a get a gift or something. Everyone who walked in that doggone door who was a kid or whatever me got something, okay? And that's a tip off to that to the old management staff over there at Tiger Stadium. They made sure everyone was taken care of, just not just the chosen few. This past weekend, the first 10,000 get a doggone jersey. I ain't seen nobody wear them. <laughs> You know, you use them for toilet paper or something, but really, but that's wrong, okay? For 40,000 people paying their doggone money, why can't everyone get a jersey? You know, I don't understand that. Again, that's it. That would kick off a, a good stadium. It's the public relations that go with it. Dave, your final pick on your Mount Rushmore of ballparks that you've attended a game. I'll uh, make it a trifecta, Tiger Stadium, you know, and that's where I fell in love with baseball and, of course, fell in love with the, the Tigers, you know, back in the day when uh, they were w- winning a lot of baseball games. And that was a a fun place uh, to be in, like, uh, you know, Butch said, you know, you had the the poles and it had the, the strange ambiance. But uh, at the same time, when that place was packed, it was kind of like, Joe Louis Arita was similar to it. I mean, I don't know if you could, in Michigan Stadium, it could probably throw yeah. in there as well. You'd be hard pressed to find louder, you know, stadiums. That place was rocking when you'd have Jack Morris, you know, flame throwing and Gibby would hit it in the upper deck. That place was something else. But, uh, you know, Tiger Stadium has a special place in my heart as well. Very well said. Uh, my final pick, I've only been to three newer parks, Comerica Park, the new Comiskey, whatever it's called now in Chicago. But I'm going to put Oracle Park in San Francisco. Uh, very pleasantly surprised by that ballpark. Uh, you know, seen it on TV, obviously, but just a great place to watch a baseball game. Obviously, you have McCovey Cove in the background, and you know, you're know you along the waterfront. Uh, never too hot at uh, Oracle Park as San Francisco this time of year. Not the warm but a great place to watch a game a little pricey by my book but you know it is what it is i would put oracle park on my mount rushmore gentlemen we got to take a break we come back we will move on to the detroit lions and more all coming up on the twin Sioux's only local regional and national sports show the game news talk 1400 
MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on hours and more, go to Sutra. Are you a do-it-yourself or homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893. Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 726 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by our special guest, the voice of Sioux High Blue Devil Athletics, Dave Watson, and co-host and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Gentlemen, let's move on to the National Football League as the majority of the exhibition game openers will begin this week. The Lions will be in action Friday at Ford Field as they will take on the Atlanta Falcons. And over the weekend, about 18,000 fans were at Ford Field on Saturday to uh, watch uh, the Detroit Lions in action, a practice, if you will, and certainly lots of excitement again for the Detroit Lions this year. Uh, they're going to be on Hard Knocks. That first episode uh, will be tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Uh, head coach Dan Campbell was wearing a hat Saturday uh, emblazoned with the word grit. And grab the microphone and address the crowd. And he said, what makes Detroit special is the fact that, man, you guys will roll your sleeves up and put in a hard day's work. And I think we want to model ourselves after that. I'll tell you what, you'd give your coat to somebody in the winter that needed it. That is what community is all about. Butch, Detroit Lions entering preseason. I know you've been around the team more than Dave and I. What are your thoughts? No thoughts. They're working hard. I think the losing mentality and changing of the culture of losing and accepting it is kind of rubbing a little bit. Again, proof of the pudding's in its taste, and we haven't got to the regular season yet to find out how this is going to materialize there. They normally the Lions do pretty great in uh, preseason also. But again, 
that doesn't do a doggone thing when it comes down to the regular season. So I'm just that kind of guy. I I look, I notice the body language on the field when they practice. It, I don't have too much to ask anyone. Maybe a two or three, um, maybe players. In, when I go to a practice or something, how's it going along? How's the health and whatever it may be. But you know the. To really make an accusation of, uh, uh, and a commitment to saying that this is going to be a really great team, I can't do it right now. I, I'm just going to watch it bits and pieces and how they put this uh, machine together for the 2022 season there. That's where I'm kind of at as well, Dave. You know, trying to be optimistic, but again, being a Lions fan, you have to be realistic. And over the past, what, 50 years, I guess you could say, uh, things have not gone very well for the Detroit Lions. I will say I'm starting to buy in a little more to head coach Dan Campbell. Wasn't quite sure at first, but maybe he's the right fit for a team like this. What are your thoughts? Well, it's, players certainly love them. It appears that way anyways. And, uh, you know, I, I I think, you know, you take baby steps and you look at this situation with them uh, that, uh, you know, at the end of last year, I thought they finished the season strong. It appeared, you know, stronger because it certainly didn't look good at the beginning. And and I think Butch is right. You, to, you know, you have to take a wait-and-see approach. There's certain teams in the NFL that you have to do that and, you know, my Cleveland Browns are in that same boat. <laughs> you got to take the wait and see approach. You can't get excited and pumped up for it because then you, you're going to have disappointment. But I, I think they're heading in the right direction. Uh, I like the front office uh, you'll make up. Uh, I, I think they've done some good things as far as, uh, you know, w- with the team, as far as, you know, putting this team together. And, and you know, Dan Campbell it certainly uh, gets you revved up for a game. But uh, I think they're heading in the right direction, but we'll see, like Butch said. And we'll have Friday night's game on our sister station, Oldies at 93, starting at the pregame show, I believe, around 5 o'clock. You can catch that action. Uh, Butch, I'll go to you first, and then Dave on this one. You know, this Deshaun Watson thing uh, continues to be a very uh, sticky situation. The NFL has now appealed. Yeah, has now appealed the six-game suspension of Deshaun Watson. Uh, the you know Cleveland Browns obviously are, are sticking with him, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, they're waiting until uh, more clarity on the situation uh, evolves, according to head coach Kevin Stefanski. Uh, today, running back Kareem Hunt, who is seeking a contract extension, uh, requested a trade from the Browns, but the team has privately declined that request, according to ESPN. And so I just wanted your thoughts, Butch, on this Deshaun Watson situation. He's going to miss six games at least, but the NFL wants more. What are your thoughts? You know, I don't know how to judge this particular situation because I heard the whole case in, in Dow and the Houston management, the Houston Texans that is management, who suggested these places where he should go to get these massages and all. No one talks about that there. And there has to be a particular reason why Houston picked those particular places that the law knew and the, most of the general public knew that was, there was some wacky things going on in those particular places other than a regular and professional body massage. Now, as far as Mr. Watson's professionalism and going in those places to get the massages that he's supposed to get, <clears throat> rather than he went over the line and dealing in that there, uh, 
it wasn't private anymore when those ladies came out and said, this is what we've done and this is how much money he gave me or whatever maybe, or maybe they didn't get enough or thought they can get a lot more. I don't know how to really gauge on that particular situation. Um, so I'm not going to go to bat and say the guy needs one year worth of suspensions in there, but you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be very close to one year. If not, he might get 12 weeks of, of penance, okay, before he can be able to play the rest of the game and whatnot there. But, again, we've got to wait and see what the verdict is going to be. Whatever it is, and Mr. Watson is deserving of serving that particular penalty. I will say that in doubt there. Dave, certainly uh, has to be uh, very mixed emotions for you being a Cleveland Browns fan. Uh, the NFL, uh, you know, seems bound and determined uh, to appeal the six-game suspension and then obviously puts the Browns in a bit of a quandary uh, with Jacoby Brissett as a potential starting quarterback uh, for at least a half, if not more, of the season. Your thoughts? Well, I think I said on this show when we talked about this before, you know, as a Browns fan, I did not like this trade. I did not like it one bit. Now, granted, I, I was at the point where, you know, it was time to look for another situation at the quarterback position because I just didn't think Baker Mayfield was the, the guy that could get you to that level of talking about Super Bowls. And when you have a roster that is talented as they, as they have, you know, the one position that was a question and continues to be is that quarterback. Obviously, on the field, he's right there. But the bottom line here is the money, you know, the guaranteed money they gave him, and the fact that, uh, you know, th this dark cloud of, you know, doubt is going to be there. Even, even after, you know, he has the suspension, you're going to wonder, okay, what's he doing now? He clearly has a problem. I mean, Butch is right with the, what he said, you know, with the, you know, what the Texans did and, and, you know, and I think there's some culpability and all, and all that. But at the same time, he did something wrong. And he clearly has has an issue. And, you know, with my main job, you know, I deal with CSC, you know, offenders. Right. This is something that can go dormant, but it's not out of it, out of their system. He clearly did something. And that's a concern to me as a bronze fan. And you look at it, you, you know, Butch brought up the whole suspension thing. I think it's going to be 12 or more. I do too. Um, I think this whole thing is a joke because I will say this. Why did you have that arbiter if you're going to appeal it? And, you, you know, you know what they're going to do on the appeal. And when it's the first one, it's not sending a good message. And I think, you know, it's really going to leave a, a bad taste in the mouth of the players union. So going forward, when you look at collective bargaining, you know, this is going to be brought up. The other thing is, you know, Goodell wants to stick it to the Browns, just like he wanted to stick it to the Cowboys and the Patriots. He's got the Browns on, on his bullseye board and why? Because he hears all these owners saying, what's going on here? Watson gets the highest contract guaranteed. You know, what about, you know, now my guy is going to be knocking on the door and it's this guy. He's hearing that. And so he's out to stick it to the Haslam's and the Browns here because of what they did. And hey, they made their bed and now they got to deal with it. College football will begin in about a month uh, today. Uh, Kale Gundy, uh, who was a fixture on the Oklahoma sideline and the longest tenured football coach in the Big 12, resigned on Sunday night after saying that he read aloud, quote, a word that I never should under any circumstance 
have uttered off the screen of a player's iPad during a film session last week. He said he noticed the player who was supposed to be taking notes during a film session was distracted and it said he picked up the player's iPad and read the words on the screen, including the unspecified term. According to Gundy, the unfortunate reality is that someone in my position can cause harm without ever meaning to do so. In that circumstance, a man of character accepts accountability. I take responsibility for this mistake. I apologize. But it wasn't enough as uh, Kale Gundy now uh, gone in Oklahoma. Butch, uh, just your thoughts. You got to be careful what you tweet. You got to be careful what you post. And apparently, you got to be careful what you read off a player's iPad. Yeah, you kind of maybe got messed up our alumnus or something there, two or three or four or five. And they went to the board and said, hey, this guy got to go. What right do he have to take this guy's iPad and read all his personal thoughts? Whatever they were, uh, you can find guarantee the coach probably was right. It was very inappropriate at the time in, in the place where he's using this particular apparatus to take football notes instead of doing other things there. And he used him as an example and read off everything he had on that particular there. And it didn't shoot very well, maybe not to the players per se, who was maybe doing the same thing. But again, alumnus and whatnot get a whiff of something that they're very near and dear to maybe a player or a player's um, parents or whatever it may be. And, you know, I would love to hear more about what really happened other than the utterance of words that we did, I did not get to read, and I'm still looking forward to what did he say in order for him to just want to walk out the door, you know, just like that, okay? And I don't know, it was a mind of discipline or whatever it may be. Again, you know, I can't judge it because, again, I don't know what was said or the words or the particular words that really messed him up when he picked up that kid's iPad. And Dave, it goes to another point, And I always stress this to my kids. Uh, you have to be careful what you post and what you say in our profession, uh, broadcasting, you know, all it takes is one slip up and you're done. It's just another example of you really just have to be careful and maybe think a little bit before you say something, you know, credit Gundy. He apologized. He obviously knew he made a bad mistake. So I give him credit for that, but you just have to be careful in these situations. Times they are a change. Yes. And you know, back, you know, 20 years ago before social media, you imagine we, you know, you asked Butch earlier about, uh, you know, at his play at days, you know, with coaches, you know, it saved could be said, you know, things that coaches said to you back 20 years ago, a lot mm -hmm. different than, than now. And in the window of what you can say is pretty narrow and uh, you know you gotta be very careful with these kind of things and that's a pure example of it right there and the parents do keep up with these kids and whatnot and you know not their little joy or a little mary or whatever may be getting in trouble and they could be getting in trouble ever since they've been in school but again when it goes public okay and as you said before scott you got to watch what you're doing, how you do it. There's a whole lot of uh, diplomacy that you need to use when you're already dealing with a kid or someone uh, at the age where their responsibility is lower than a piece. Gentlemen, we got to take our final break of the night, but we come back, we will talk about another legend passing away over the past week, Bill Russell, along with what's going on with the University of Michigan's 
former hockey coach Mel Pearson, and whatever else we can fit in. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. With nine locations to serve you, they're everywhere you need them to be. Account options such as checking, savings, and retirement accounts. Apply online for personal, home, and business loans. Enjoy conveniences like online banking, CSB Loan Pay Express, instant issue debit cards, mobile wallet, and remote deposit capture. Central Savings Bank has all the convenience you need and want in today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations, see their helpful smiling faces, and get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 743 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis, and our special guest, the voice of Sioux High Blue Devil Athletics, Dave Watson. A gentleman, another uh, legend in the industry, passed away since our last show. Bill Russell of the Boston Celtics died at the age of 88. And boy, you can say a lot about him, and I'm sure all of us will. 
Russell winning 11 NBA championships, a record unmatched in team sports, but also one of the most influential American athletes of the 20th century. I was in San Francisco when Russell passed away. Of course, he played his college basketball for the Dons of San Francisco, and there were a lot of real good articles in the paper about him. You know, you can put him along with Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson in my book as far as just, uh, you know, the... In, in, the the want to win, the ability to win, and just a very smart basketball player and had the skills to match it. Butch, I'm going to go to you first. I know you talked a lot about Bill Russell on one of the editions of Butch on Sports over the past week. Uh, certainly a legend in the NBA, basketball, and sports in general. Well, wow. It kind of it, it shocked me because... He lived so long, and he always had something inspirational to say. This guy can make you laugh like nobody can make you laugh before. Him. I think his, his main deal is to make sure that when you saw him and you left him, you always had a smile on your face, but always I, I have this ridiculous laugh. And, I mean, he, he would get me going there. And the few times I've watched him and talked to him and, just been in the crowd where, you know, you win a bunch of Isaiah Thomases or whatnot and the Russell show up and you just so happen to be in the crowd with them and, 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 you know, be able to get personal in the dining rooms and stuff there where basically a lot of our media people are before the game starts and whatnot. It, it was a pleasure. You know, that and the, it, it, it's sad because I don't think people recognize history very well in the schools anymore and it's it's a damn shame that it happens because you know it's not all about what you see but but who opened the door for this that and the other and the accomplishments this man had as a player as a coach uh, is history of how him and his family came out of Louisiana to move to Oakland and his college days where he was very successful. Him and KC Jones was on the same team. Yep. Whoa, you don't get to hear none of that there. And if we don't bring it up, and that's where our show does a phenomenal good job of letting the public know, you know, what's going on in, in sense of food for thought or maybe using Wikipedia to find out if we tell them the truth or not there. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air there. So hopefully we keep doing what we're doing, to, you know, to let the general public know at large. But, again, Bill Russell, he was the king of all, to me, all athletes in general there. And, that, and that's a lot to say because my mom, again, as I've told you on the show on many occasions, she lived five houses down from Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Cassius Clay. Yep. So I got a lot of whiff of that, too, when I was visiting Louisville, Kentucky, to see relatives and whatnot. And, and to be exposed to that, like I have been, it's, boy, I'm a lucky human being. Dave, Bill Russell, obviously, before our time watching NBA basketball, 11 championships, I think, in 13 years. Uh, you always have that debate, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. Well, anytime Chamberlain faced Russell in the finals, it was usually Russell and the Celtics that had their way. And, and Russell also had to deal with, you know, a lot of nonsense in Boston. He wasn't uh, beloved, I no. would say, by a lot of fans in Boston because of racism or whatever else you want to call it. But uh, Bill Russell, certainly uh, a legend in the game. 
And startling numbers. I mean, what he put up, uh, just insane numbers. And and certainly was a gentleman. And, you know, he was very choosy on who he talked to. And you know what? I, I could respect that. Yep. I mean, you know, the, you know, the pretenders and, you know, the, the fakers out there, he, he's cast them aside, but uh, there was people in the media, I think Jackie McMullen, longtime reporter, she was on ESPN there uh, after he passed and uh, he got, she got really close to him. She got emotional talking about him and, you know, he, if the real true people, he, he was uh, certainly engaged with, but, you know, as you mentioned before your time and my time but uh, you know you know we like we respect history and especially you know sports history and he certainly was uh, you know uh, just a king king on top of the mountain there's no question and and 11 championships absolutely yeah. unheard of i thought michael jordan's uh, you know six, <laughs> six yeah. w- were impressive but 11 and just the numbers he put up uh, were, were impressive but uh, no certainly uh, one of the great athletes uh, of all time right up there like Butch said, with Muhammad and and uh, Mickey Mantle and all the other greats. Jackie McMullen is a peach herself when it comes down to conversations. If you ever get to meet her, like I have on numerous occasions there, I mean, pick her brain. She is marvelous in letting you know history and a whole lot of things that were going on, uh, true or false or whatever it may be. She straightens it out with the quickness there. And again, she's a peach there. She is the nicest lady that you ever want to meet in this business. Gentlemen, uh, college hockey news. Not a lot of news out of the Pistons and Red Wings. Uh, you know, they're pretty much uh, shut down for now. Uh, college hockey news out of Michigan. Mel Pearson is out as Michigan Wolverines hockey coach as of Friday after the school declined to renew his contract. Pearson had been under scrutiny since the beginning of last season when complaints were formally filed against him and then Director of Hockey Operations Rick Bancroft. Uh, the allegations against Pearson range from pressuring students to lie on their COVID-19 tracing forms prior to the 2021 NCAA tournament to creating a toxic work environment for female support staff and claims that he retaliated against a former student athlete for bringing up issues with the culture. The filing also alleged Bancroft knew about sexual misconduct committed by deceased Michigan football team doctor, Dr. Robert Anderson. So Mel Pearson is out as head coach of Michigan hockey. And again, you know, it's 2022. You just can't be doing these sort of things. Uh, Butch, do you have any thoughts before we go to Dave? Again, <laughs> uh, you gotta watch what you're doing, how you're saying, and because somebody's gonna tell. And mommies and daddies, uh, they're gonna be the first to know, and, and the alumni is second. Um, my problem is, is why this guy has had so long to, to, why are you gonna string this guy's contract out instead of letting them go for the misconduct if they were somewhat valid at the time or not, you know? Every complaint uh, deserves an investigation on that there, and I don't know why University of Michigan was dragging their feet on this particular individual and waited until his contract ran out in order to say he's not going to be, you know, at use for us anymore there. It's something funny in that Christmas tree, and I don't think the story is over with the University of Michigan and how they do certain things and how they sweep certain things under the carpet there and, and tack it down. and. More is going to come out of this, I'm quite sure. But, again, 
for this man to do what he did. Um, again, he has to face the facts and, and, again, move on. I'm quite sure he will find a job somewhere else if he has a desire to work. And, and and coach hockey in some way, shape, form, or fashion. He's been in the National Hockey League. He's been uh, in a lot of places. So I'm quite sure after maybe a couple of months of, of hiding, really, maybe going to Puerto Rico or something of this nature, he'll be back and looking for a job and someone will hire him. And Dave, the University of Michigan comes to Sault Ste. Marie this year to play Lake State. Uh, your thoughts on Mel Pearson? Uh, certainly things have deteriorated for him over the past year or so. Butch is exactly right. He will be coaching again because he's a heck of a coach. Yes. I mean, he, he was up at Michigan Tech and uh, rebuilt that program. And I, I was at first, when it first came on, I was a little surprised because, you know, you never heard of anything, you know, with them. But I, you know, I'd be interested to talk to some people up in the Copper Country of, well, you know, are there any dirty secrets up there? But uh, because usually you peel back the onion, you know, it's not a, a runoff, you know, it's not a one-off here. But, you know, these are some, it was a damning report, you know, what came out from that firm in D.C. I mean, you have him covering up the COVID stuff. And then uh, you mentioned the uh, um, the allegations of uh, mistreating females, which was at Rick Bancroft, which, by the way, he shouldn't see the light of day of any sport. Nothing. That guy's a piece of work. I can't say what I really want to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it. <laughs> uh, that, that, that guy there, he's not a good citizen. I mean, he's lucky he's not in prison. I mean, for the, the things that are coming out about that clown. I mean, between that and then and then to top it off, oh, yeah, he also knew what was going on with Dr. Anderson back in the day. So, you know, Bancroft really, I think, was the nail in the coffin for – for Mel. And I think, you know, I think what happened is it was unraveling here and, and they were trying to hold on to it because Michigan was a top ranked team all year. Mel Pearson's a heck of a coach and they were clinging on to it because of that. If they weren't a top ranked team, perhaps it would, would have been a different story. I mean, they, they probably should have played in the national championship game with the skill talent they had, but just a ugly, ugly story. And a, just another one, like Butch said, to tack on the wall in Ann Arbor and uh, things aren't good there with a lot of different things but uh you know i i think bell will coach again there's no question and we'll see what uh brandon arado the uh, uh interim coach bill mccult would have been the guy they would have went with there right but i think i think mccult had some issues there because he was a mel pearson guy if you recall he was up at michigan tech with him. Deck, yeah. so i think his fingers are dirty too otherwise he would have been the guy to get that job they go to narado instead Gentlemen, before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down over this past weekend, the Premier League started over in the UK. Chelsea wins, Man City wins, Man U loses to Brighton and Liverpool ties Fulham 2-2. Two two. Butch, did you catch any Premier League action this weekend? Not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Dave? As much as Butch saw. Class reunion was this weekend. Oh, nice. The, the Detroit Lions on their Family feast or family fest, and then the Lou Whitaker uh, particular day. Uh, my plate was full on this past Saturday and Sunday there. And Sunday was, you know, after all the the hoopla was over, you had to get up in the morning and go back to bed. I chose to go back to bed here and just miss a whole heck of a lot. Stayed in bed all day Sunday, just recuperating from Saturday then. So, I, no, I didn't get to see. I heard about me and you, okay, losing, okay. That was a – I started laughing when I heard that there. But other than that, whoa, it, I, 
I won't be missing too many more there. For for what is worth, um, the Premier League is is back, and it's going to be a pretty wacky year here with the new teams that they elevated in there. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll certainly talk more about it over the course of the season. Gentlemen, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start. Uh, no thumbs down this week, other than the Detroit Tigers and their play on the field. A thumbs up to San Francisco had a great trip with the family out in San Francisco. A very interesting part of the world. I got to see a couple baseball games. Got to do the go-kart tour of the town. We went under, Al- or not under Alcatraz, went around Alcatraz, Golden Gate Bridge. It was a fun time. Thumbs down to the cost of the trip. I guess I do have some thumbs down. And thumbs up to now associate coach of the Lake State men's basketball team, Ted Stowe. Not just for that, but he house sat for us while we were gone, keeping my dog and cat very healthy. He even cut the grass before we got home wow. and filled the lawnmower afterwards with gas. Wow. That was very impressive. That's a house sitter. That there. is. Thank you, Ted, and uh, hopefully we paid Did you well. Did he do the trimming, too? <laughs> no, not the trimming, oh, but okay. he got the majority of it. Dave, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Well, the Lou Whitaker uh, retirement, just because I was there and uh, my all-time favorite players are betcha, that's my thumbs up. It was a nice night. It was great to see a great crowd at uh, Comerica Park. And uh, we just talked about a little while ago, thumbs down to, to Mel Pearson and the Michigan Hockey Saga. That's what I have uh, for you guys for this week. Butch, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. He's thinking. He's really thinking. Apparently, Butch, Butch, we got your thumbs up and thumbs down. Yes, I have my mic off. What a clown <laughs> I am here. Uh, Eric Haas, okay, I'll make it quick here, who grew up in Westland, now in uh, Livonia there. He is the Tigers winner of the Heart and Hustle Award announced this past Thursday from the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association there. Uh, I, I always said this guy got a raw deal, and he continued to get a raw deal from the Detroit Tigers. All he did last year, and they rewarded him by going to get Tucker Barnhart here, and he'd get less playing time, or whatever it may be. And to stick to all of that there and still be a, a rooter again, a Michigan player, yep. Detroit Tigers, you idiot. Okay? <laughs> and, uh,. Thumbs down for the University of Michigan and this thing on Mel Pearson there. I think that should have been dealt with a lot sooner than later. And uh, Wade uh, Manuel might be next. Dave, uh, as always, thanks for joining us tonight on the game. And uh, one more time, real quick, before we let you go, Saturday at Applebee's Sioux High Football Fundraiser. Tell us a little more about it. And that will be uh, 8 to 10 a.m. on uh, WSOO. I'll be at Applebee's for it. We'll have uh, player interviews, coaches, athletic director Pat Bennon, Allison Campbell, who's spearheading the event. Uh, come on down and get a pancake breakfast, and uh, the players will be serving. And all the proceeds that go, go towards the pregame meals that the parents do, that's uh, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. at Applebee's, and we'll have it on the air on Radio Sioux on Saturday. Looking forward to that, Dave, and thanks again for joining us. Butch, uh, what's ahead for Butch on Sports? over the next week. You don't have sausages with those pancakes, man. <laughs> all, the tri- all the trimmings. Trimmings, <laughs> I gotta come. Uh, <laughs> and I might be there, too. You never know. Uh, let me tell you there, on Butcher Sports this week, we will probably get ready and set for um, Lions football. Oh, boy. And, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. And also, I uh, have some little bit more in-depth on what some of the 
high school uh, teams are doing right now and how they go about their practices. Because the majority of the practices really don't wind up until the end of the week because they go through the conditioning and you know the old Scott and, and Dave there. So, you know, not too much, but next week that should be a blast for the high schools there. Butch, as always, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week for our next edition of the game. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank Dave Watson along with Butch Davis and David McKeg Jr. And if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about 15 minutes on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.